Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you are listening to episode 40 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you've joined me today. I am super excited that my dear friend and critique partner, Kelly Abernathy, is with me again today. And you guys might remember her from episode number 34 when she discussed the hate you give with me and with our friend Raven. Now, I met Kelly a few years ago at a writer's conference event. And one of the reasons that she is such a dear friend of mine is that we are kindred spirits reading wise. I think like the second time we met, I shared my daughter's name, which I haven't shared on the show. She actually goes by Casey here on Connection Not Perfection. But my daughter's actual name is in a book that I read as a child and Kelly recognized it. She mentioned the book and I was so floored because no one ever, ever, ever knows that particular book or recognizes it. Most people haven't even heard of it. And once we had that conversation, we got going um, comparing all the books that we read growing up and we had so many in common. It was so very fun. One of the things that we've also talked a lot about throughout our friendship is the fact that when you're in the middle of raising your kids, and especially during their teen years, you have no idea if what you're doing is making an impact. There is just no way to know if you're being quote unquote successful at your job. If your kids are actually absorbing any of the lessons or the knowledge, wisdom, advice, or instructions that you're trying to impart to them, or if successful is even a thing as a parent, right? Because seriously, what are the measurable results? And they can be so variable, right? Like as individual as our kids themselves. So what do you even say there? Like, hey, I'm successful because my kids aren't criminals or because they have a job or they own their own home or they're compassionate most of the time. It's all kind of subjective, right? So I invited Kelly to talk with us today because, well, first of all, she has encouraged me so much in my parenting, and I wanted to share that with you guys, but also because she has some really interesting ideas about what it means to, again, quote unquote, have succeeded as a parent. She has launched three amazing kids into the world, and she is just such a treasure trove of wisdom, which she has very generously shared with me, and now she's going to share with you. So I am ready for us to just jump in and hear what she has for us. But before we do that, just really quick, I am using a brand new microphone this week, and so the audio on the interview with, with Kelly and I is a little bit... Um, just kind of wonky a little bit. So just bear with us and I hope you can hear it as well as possible. And so now we're jumping in. All right, Kelly, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here today. So just so you guys know, the way that Kelly and I know each other is because we're in a critique group together. We went through our writing of fiction and I have to say Kelly is an amazing lyrical writer. I can't wait for her stuff to be out there for everyone to enjoy, which I know will be soon. So I'm going to just put that out there. Um, But tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. A little bit about me. Well, I worked in the wireless industry for 
gosh, 33 years. I can't hardly believe that. And I'm now happily retired, if you can call it that, because I'm a person who needs meaningful work in my life. Well, I was going to say you're one of the busiest retired people I know. (laughs) Well, I love what I'm doing now. I have, I'm actually a yoga and meditation teacher. And I am a practical life skills advocate uh, for a program called Project Hope, which really just supports and empowers women and children who are coming out of uh, difficult crisis and trauma situations. Yeah, you do amazing work in mm-hmm. both of those areas. Like I've seen the results of your Project Hope work and... Um, And then also with the yoga, I'll just share as well. Kelly has just graciously volunteered and she's been teaching my husband and I yoga classes on Saturday mornings, which has been amazing. So thank you for that. She's very, very generous with her time and with her talents. So anyway, and that is why I am so excited to talk to you because I just feel like you just have all of this life wisdom and you not only have it, but you have a really gracious way of sharing it so that it's not pushy. It's not telling people what to do. You just very gently kind of enlighten, I guess is the best way to put it. So, um, so that's why I have you here today because you and I have had some really great conversations. Mm -hmm. I feel like about, um, what it looks like when your kids are older and you've been so encouraging and saying, okay, yes, you're going through this right now, Amy, but here's what that's going to look like in 10 years and 15 years. And you've also, again, with your very gentle wisdom reminded me sometimes that my expectations are maybe a little unrealistic or, um, just that I need to maybe shift and go in a different direction or, or all the things. So tell me a little bit about your kids and um, like how old they are now, where they are now and what that looks like in your life in this moment. Well, and I have a, an almost 33 year old son and he and his beautiful wife live in the Bay area. She's an attorney and he is, working with a a thriving startup company in Silicon Valley. So I have um, a son, Brendan, who did serve for six years in the U.S. Navy in a submarine program, so really proud of that. Wow, yeah. And he's back in school, finishing up his degree. And I have a 28-year-old daughter who lives in the Denver-Boulder area, And she's also, you know, in the business community and loving every moment of it. So two kind of far away. um, And then I'm always trying to look at flights and figure out when I can go visit. And one of them right now, Brown is in the area. So I feel fortunate about that. Now that your kids are in their late 20s and early 30s and Mm -hmm. looking back to when they were teens, like in high school, even in middle school, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing, what would you do? What do you wish you knew then that you know now about parenting, about your kids? I think the biggest thing that I feel like I've really learned in the last 10 years, and of course my kids have been out of the house for more than that, is that just people in general, and certainly my children, were picking up on a lot of energy that I wasn't aware of while they were growing up. And I think we give a lot of lip service to phrases like doing as I say, and yet what they really are watching is what you do 
and all of your nonverbal cues. Right. And I wish, because now that I'm having conversations about my children with my grown-up children about what it was like for them when they were growing up, you know, I think I would say to parents, wow, they see and feel and pick up on so much more than you could ever realize. Right. You know, they know what's going on in the household. Right. They're not surprised by anything. And I think sometimes as a parent, I was just kind of in this world. And at the time, for most of those years, I was married. And my husband and I, you know, we just saw it from our point of view. And the signals that we were giving off, and a lot of times those are mixed signals, which is part of being human. Right. <laughs> we weren't as aware of that, you know. And so I would say you know, spend more time really paying attention to things like that and listening to what is not said in our own behaviors as well, well as our children's. That is so powerful, I feel like, because I'm, I'm, as you're talking, like I'm kind of spinning through in my head and thinking, I don't know that I'm all that self-aware in the moment a lot of times because life is going so fast. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, you know, I know, especially with my husband and I, um, where I work with him for his business, I know that there's all kinds of energy going on between us that mm -hmm. I'm sure the kids are picking up on. So, mm -hmm. and okay, so let me ask you this with energy. So would you say just naming it and calling it out with your kids and talking about it openly? Or would you say doing more of trying to change the energy? Oh, gosh. Well, I think, again, to your point, we live in such a busy world. And um, in my situation, both my husband and I were working, mm -hmm. you know, pretty demanding um, corporate jobs during those the years we were raising our kids. So I would say definitely being aware of that busyness and where we could changing the energy right. and bringing more of peaceful, peaceful space right. to our interactions. As far as calling it out, I have to tell you, my kids are all so different. You know, what works with one is one thing I learned. Always. Never works with the other, right. with the other right. two. Um, I have one child in particular that I would not advise calling it out <laughs> <laughs> to this day. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, it's not, it's not going to go over well. Right. It's not going to so be useful. So I think that's yeah. one of those, you know, we're know your team. You carefully have to tread through. And I also think you've done a great job, Amy. Of pointing out, and I really wish I had known this. I listened to your episode about developmentally appropriate. Oh, I think yeah. that's a really good thing for a parent to be aware of as their children are growing up, to constantly kind of just have that back there thinking, okay, is this response from them developmentally appropriate? But then adding to that, checking yourself and going, oh my gosh, when they're developmentally appropriate, but very annoying. Am I getting on their level? <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Yes. That's or am I being appropriate as an adult? You know, that's an interesting set of questions. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I, that has been life changing for me. And I think what, to speak to what you're saying, when I look at what's developmentally appropriate for a teen, I, then that cues me to remember yeah, I'm not a teen, and so that is not appropriate for me to respond this way. Uh -huh. But it's so easy to go back into that place when you're triggered by something. So I think in addition to knowing what's developmentally appropriate, understanding and being self-aware enough to know what your own triggers are 
has been really helpful to me too. So, and so what Kelly is talking about, um, in case you are, this is the first time you're listening to Connection Not Perfection is there are a couple of episodes on developmental appropriateness. I've linked to them in the show notes, but also I put out an ebook that is, you can find at theishgirl.com forward slash ebook where you can download it and it talks about all the things mm-hmm. that are developmentally appropriate in ways that it's suggestions for how to respond in those moments and suggestions for how to not respond in those moments. I feel like those were super helpful. So thank and you. I would also add to um, after you, you know, hopefully read through Amy's book ebook. I would also add there's an interesting thing that I've learned now because I have the the privilege of looking back right because my kids are grown up now is that sometimes the best moments that you ever have with your children are the ones that have gone very wrong uh-huh. and maybe even the ones where you have not responded well because I found those are the times especially with teens that you may let them be the wise one oh. and yeah. let them be the teacher and even it, it kind of flips. So even then, I love um, Judith Rewurst, um ha- has said, you know, you need to be a good enough parent. Yes, you have said that several times. And that <laughs> is so um, that just is so cup filling for me. Like, OK, I can be a good enough parent. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have right. to be the best. I just have to be good enough in this moment. So. Right. And then also, I think, too, that humility that you you just talked about of of really being real with your teen and humble enough to say like, Hey, I may be the grown up here, but I didn't just act like it. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and you know, like your kids and you've said this before, I know you've said this before, like your kids know every like weakness, every, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they know you like inside out. And, and so they can really speak to it a lot of times in ways that aren't particularly comfortable, Mm -hmm. but I think it, we are wise to mm-hmm. receive it. Mm-hmm. Right. And not, cause my first response is not to receive it. It's to kind of get my back up and like, mm-hmm. who do you think you are? You know, yeah. that kind of thing, which is right. again, not ideal or appropriate at all, mm-hmm. but kind of humbly receiving it. I love mm-hmm. that. Thank you. What has stuck with your kids that surprised you the most? Well, one thing I don't think we really explained in the intro that I might mention now is that when my younger two children, my, my oldest son was a freshman in college and my younger two were at home, my husband and I got a divorce okay. after 24 years of marriage. Right. So I became sort of a, and I was put in a single parenting situation to a large degree. I mean, their dad was still in their life, but we didn't have a mom's house, dad's house situation in that they saw their dad a lot. He was still a great dad, but... Um, my younger two were at home with me. So, you know, so this, this, the idea of what's stuck with me, because with all that said about my divorce is that it's just, I think both my um, former husband and I agree, our kids said the best thing that we did was that we were on the same team. And so despite the obvious failings of our marriage in other areas, they feel like on the big stuff, we partnered really well together. And that, and that is shocking to me. And it's something I'm actually very grateful for because I didn't really 
wasn't that aware of it at the time, but it is true that we agreed on the essential areas of parenting. Right. And we were very careful about supporting one another and trying to come together privately to work on any differences we might have, but to make sure that we were kind of that united team yes. where the kids were concerned. And so even though our marriage wasn't healthy in other ways for most of those years, that's an interesting thing. But And my kids value that because they felt like they knew that, okay, we're not going to go ask mom and get a different response right. yeah. than what dad says because those two are going to talk. And there's such a level of security in that for kids, I feel like, even with married Mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. whether you're co-parenting from divorce or if you're married, like, I think that unity is so crucial mm-hmm. for just that. I would say even that subconscious level of security, like I said, and confidence, mm-hmm. like having that kind of bedrock place to know like this, this isn't shaking. And as much as they might not like the decisions, but to know that you're both mm-hmm. on the same, in the same place. Right. I love that. And I think it's really interesting that your kids have come back and said that to yeah. you. That, that yeah. was so profound that they, they noted it and appreciated it. Yeah. I, I, it's it been a great gift to me yeah. and they feel that way about it. And it is interesting too, because I know a lot of partners in marriages where I think the marriages are very healthy and there's a lot of, of great things. And yet one partner identifies as the permissive one yes. and the other partner <laughs> identifies as the disciplinarian. Right. And I think that's an interesting kind of dynamic to work your way through right. when you're raising kids. If, if you've got those two very different identities going, not to say like everything else in life, it can work, but yeah. it's probably very challenging. Yeah. I would imagine. Now, I know you and I have talked about as an idea many years ago, I think, and I've shared it with critique group as we've gone along. And a lot of it has to do with beginning with the end in mind, which I feel like I do think that it's good to set intentions or have benchmarks. I I don't know the right way to, to say it, but I think I've definitely moved away. I think when my kids were young, I had this idea of, okay, if I do X, then why? <laughs> like if I do Y, then Z and, and that it would all, you know, if I'm plugging all this stuff into my kids, then this is what it's going to look like when they're grown up. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm putting in my order and I'm doing the work to get this. Yeah. And so I feel like every once in a while, I still have flavors of that. Like I haven't completely stamped it out, but talk to me a little bit, talk to us a little bit about that. Cause I think it's completely human to have ideas and visions and dreams for what it's going to look like when your kids are adults. Talk about what maybe that looked like as they were growing up. If you had that kind of mindset versus what it looks like now. I guess what immediately comes to mind is when my kids were all maybe preschool and maybe the oldest was in first grade or something, I remember very specifically uh, a guy I worked with in the business world whose kids were older saying, his name was John, and John said, you know, all I want is for my kids to be good, independent, responsible people. And I took that, and that was kind of my mantra as I was raising my children. 
I don't remember. I remember coming back to that so often. And it's not a very detailed or specific vision, really. It doesn't say, it doesn't drill deep into, you know, certain things, but good, independent, responsible people. And I, I still feel like that is what, for me, really kept me going in a good direction, you know, and also wasn't overly restrictive. That's what I was my children's say. about my children's personal journey. And that's what I was going to say. That's such a gift. It sounds like, because the more specific it is, the more friction I could see that that might cause like expectations that you have that your kids mm -hmm. maybe would rebel against even a little bit. What I hear you saying is by letting their own journeys unfold, by having that very loose idea of what you wanted, it's, it's made it healthier for all of you probably. I feel, yes, I feel like it has, um, just based on my own belief system, you know, um, because I do believe it comes to mind, you know, is it Cahill, Javon, from the Prophet, if you ever read that um, old school book, you know, he talks about the fact that our children aren't our children, you know, yeah. they're, they're not our possessions, they don't belong to us, and you know, I think we all, in different ways, we, we do believe that and accept that. And for me, having much more of a wide open vision, and so sure, I've got my sort of some, a definition of what a good person is versus a bad person, but there's lots of play in that definition. I will say, think, saying it out loud to you today, though, I think I would stress more with myself and even know with my children now the idea of interdependence as well as independence so having community as well as right which I'm yeah. thankful to say that they all recognize the importance of that and yeah I think you know it's just another thing I would add to the equation is interdependence um, being able to give and receive within a group of people right. to be able to expand into much more than just what it is you want. Right. I love so, that. I love that. Thank you. So now that your kids are adults, what do you feel like you've learned from them? I know we talked about that a minute ago, kind of having that respect between each other. Well, I think what, what you do, or I think what most people do is, you know, I see my parent and my kids in, 20s and early 30s and I think back to when I was in my 20s and early 30s and what I'm really pleased what I see in my kids that I feel like I didn't have as much of is they are they are very good at thinking for themselves and even though they're very caring concerned individuals and they're all good in my opinion at relationship stuff I feel like they're not ple as much of pleasers as I was. Like they're not, they're not looking at, oh, the society or the world expects this of me. They're going a little bit more deeply within at a younger age and being more self-reflective about what's really not only the right thing for me, but what's the right thing for the rest of the community and the world. So they, they, I feel like I, what I've learned from them and what I appreciate is that I feel like they have a much more expansive vision about life. Yeah. I wonder if part of that is technology. Do you think? 
I think it could be. I think that could be one factor in that, you know, they're part, our, you know, my kids are part of an international world. Right. I mean, where, you know, access to the world is out there at right. all times. And so hopefully the one of the good things, blessings about that, is that you're much more aware of how little your own life can be or how really not that big of a deal some of our problems compared right. to the rest of the world's problems right. so first world problem yeah that whole phrase you know yeah, it's perfect yeah yeah I like that too so talking about because I know we, you've shared some of, of this before like it it seems like watching you there's been a transition from like once they left college and they were on their own really for the first few years even to now, what talk about the transitions that happened in that. And because watching and just hearing you talk about it a little bit, I feel like I watched you navigate that. And I thought you did such a great job of giving them their space and yet let them know what your needs were as well. So mm -hmm. talk to me about that a little bit and what that looked like for you. <laughs> oh, my kids would all be laughing right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think they're my, you know, they always, they've got a very feeling mom. Right. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that I do is whether they like it or not, I end up expressing what I, what I need. Right. You know, I try not to overdo that, but I, again, and also, as they would say, we all know each other so well. So we, as my middle son would say, mom, I know exactly what you're thinking. You do not need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I already know how you feel about that, <laughs> which is so true most of the time. So um, I think for me, it was a very difficult transition because, first of all, when I went through my divorce, two of my kids were in high school. One was a freshman in college and I was in the emotional ICU. And I, I have a good friend now who just lost her beloved husband while her son is in high school still. And I think there's all different ways that life comes in and kind of just knocks you to your knees. Right. And when you go through those times as a parent, again, the comfort of the good enough parent, you've got to just keep showing up. And putting one foot in front of the other through all that and trying to be the best parent that you can. But so that was those last high school years were difficult for me in that in that way. And they were extremely difficult for my children right. because that's a very destructive time and, and still is when a marriage is broken and when your parents aren't together. So then by the time they were all in college. You know, I was healing more, but I think I had an expectation that somehow, you know, I, I don't, I think I had trouble accepting that they were no longer in my life in the same way. And part of that, I'll just say, is a normal, beautiful thing. I now know you miss your kids when they're away from home. You miss them deeply. And that's the way it's intended to be, right. you know, but I think that was when I really saw that I have to charge forward and forge my own life. You know, I have to give up some of my identities in the same way. I'll always be a mom, but I have to create some new things. And uppermost in my mind as I did that is I want to build a life too, that more my kids are proud of me 
in the other areas that I'm pursuing. And I do think they were proud of me in my business career. I don't mean that. But anyway, that's when I kind of jumped into, you know, the yoga and meditation thing and, and pushed through. And college is an interesting time for me or to talk about as a parent because there's still... I mean, it's so interesting, like you get to pay the tuition, most of us, unless, you know, if that's the way your, your finances are set up, but you don't need to, you don't get to get access to grades because right. at 18, they're grown up. Mm-hmm. So there's this interesting dynamic where they're getting messaged that they're fully an adult and yet they're not fully an adult in many cases, right. you know? And so in that, in my particular household, there was this push pull going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally graduated, I, I get, I think I just thought, okay, everything, you know, then I was like, okay, you're fully adults. You're on your own. And, and blessedly they all were on their own doing their own thing. But then what I wasn't really prepared for was the even more decreased contact mm-hmm. that I had in general with them. And yet I can easily look back and I I love my parents, but it was the same way. Granted, it wasn't such a technological society. You know, it wasn't like we all had cell phones then, but I wasn't in contact with them constantly. And they were spread all over the country doing their own thing. And you really have to come to terms with the fact that, again, going back to my vision, I had to say, Hey, this is what I said I wanted. I wanted to raise good, independent, responsible people. And boy, have they done it. And now that's where they are. And, and the, but you're connected by that love. And I feel like my, all of my kids who are now, you know, almost all close to 30 or 30 or over, you know, what's interesting, it's kind of swung back more where I feel like their new adult years, they really had to push to separate because they didn't know what it was like to be a new young adult, a new professional. So they pushed to separate more. And now I'm going through a beautiful period where I have just more of this relaxed contact with all of them. Yeah. Well, and then you've shared, like you visit with them often and I know you talk with them often Mm -hmm. and they I would say just observing, not that you've talked about it in this particular way, but I think they depend on you for advice and encouragement and all those kinds of things. Not (laughs) advice. Just a listening ear, perhaps. (laughs) I shouldn't say. I mean, there are times uh, that's the thing. If they ask me, what I'm thinking, then that's so perfect. You live for that as right. a parent of a young adult, you know, you, but, but yeah, generally speaking, I, I, I try, I've learned to stay away from that because I'll still, that if anything will trigger the sharp comment, it's that oh. fine mom. <laughs> I know <laughs> because again, they already know what I'm going to say, right? You're their voice in their head. <laughs> Right, you're that right. I'm, I am the voice in that, especially moms. I'm thinking moms because oh, yeah. we just have more words all the time. <laughs> well, and it goes back to, and I think we talked about this a little bit. Like at some point, you just become the consultant, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you have to wait to be asked, mm-hmm. and so 
Yeah. And you don't want to be that parent where, you know, the phone rings and your kids are like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to pick up. It's mom again. You know, right? you don't want to bug them and you don't want to be, you right. know, all up in their business. Well, yeah. and every parenting situation is so different because just today I heard this young woman talking about, you know, her, her uh, just that her husband's mom was going to call him and make him do it or whatever. And I thought, okay, I don't have kids like that. Every time I hear that, I always chuckle. Right. I hear about somebody's mother of a grown person being able to make them do something. Yeah. You know, and usually in those situations, it's more of a make them by like, just pretty much tell them what they should be doing. Right. And, And there are dynamics like that. You know, some people, that's a beautiful dynamic. You know, they can, they can do that. I, again, I raise very independent <laughs> children right. well, who and, are very strong-willed, and that is not part of our dynamic. Right. Well, and even just think, like, was that part of your di- dynamic with your parents? Like, Mm-mm. no, because you no. were super independent. So, same. Like, I yeah, would they, they yeah. expected me to make my own decisions, right. and they didn't, they didn't trespass on that turf. They were really good role models for making that separation, as my dad loved to say. When you're off the payroll, <laughs> you know, he, he did have some different perspectives when you were still on their payroll, which sure. for, you know, but if you were, you were out on your own and self-supporting, you know, you don't really have a voice unless it's invited. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, same. Exactly. Exactly. So you talked about what you would go back and tell yourself if you could share just one last thing with listeners, like the one thing, like, I don't want to leave here without sharing this with them. What would it be? Hmm. Or have you already? (laughs) Well, I I think I've already touched upon it a lot. I think it's really important to be real with your kids. And I know it's very trendy to talk about authenticity and all of that, but especially if you're going through a painful time, I think you don't, want to overly concern your kids, but because again, they already know, they feel your energy, they're frustrated. And I think it's really great if you can sit down and say, Hey, I just want to share with you just very briefly what's going on with me and let them into your life that way. Because really that's the way life is. And we're all going to be doing that. And that's the main way I think that people get through this life in the most meaningful ways is by saying, here are my wounds. Here are the things I'm struggling with. You know, I also want to share with you joy and love and all of those things. But, you know, I I want you to, I want to let you in. That's beautiful. I want to let you in. I think like that could be the mantra. I want to let you in. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I think too, when you don't let them in and they are aware that something's going on, the stories that they can make up in their heads oh. are so much worse than what the realities oh, yeah. are. And it gives them so much anxiety and undue stress, I think. Right. So, yeah. And if you're dealing with something like divorce or difficult or just marital struggles or whatever, again, there's a fine line there. But to your point, you know, it is true. Kids blame themselves a lot, especially, you know, and I think you really have to figure out, and again, getting some good professional advice. I know your friend Tammy is very helpful. Yes. Yeah. That's always important too. But I think 
you don't need to be overly protective with kids about certain things. Um, they need to, they need to get that perspective and they are to your point actually going to feel a lot safer than they're that kid sitting on the back stairs mm-hmm. yeah, hearing listening. snippets of a conversation. And I am the best at hearing snippets <laughs> and putting together the tallest tale in the world. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add at the end here? Just that I love that you're you're doing these um, parenting and and you know just educational things. I don't think as a parent we can ever get too much of that because we need lots of insights and new ways of thinking about that. Because ultimately, isn't it the most important job in the world? Right. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay, just wow. And thank you again so, so much to Kelly for sharing her insight with us and just giving us the encouragement from the perspective of someone who, as she put it, has the privilege of looking back and reflecting on her parenting now that her kids are grown. Now, one of the reasons I invited Kelly to talk with us is because I think it is so important to find women or men a few steps ahead of us, the people who've already navigated the season that we're walking through right now. And I really think that having a mentor to cheer you on and to point out the pitfalls or the shortcuts or the scenic views along the way, that is just priceless. And I am grateful that that is who Kelly is to me. So again, thank you, Kelly. Plus, I have to say this, Kelly and I have the same network of childhood book friends, whether it's Meg Murray, Joe March, Anne Shirley, Rose Campbell, Polly Milton, Betsy Ray, or Tacey Kelly. That's just to mention a few. We have all those friends in common. And I just love that because so much of the time we are just speaking from the same paradigm. Now, going back to that idea of successful parenting from the very beginning of the show that I talked about, and Kelly and I talked uh, about this a little bit throughout the show, but we actually had a conversation within our critique group this past week about the podcast, about the interview that Kelly and I did together. And one of our friends shared something so profound that I have already adopted it as my own. And what our friend M talked about with us is a documentary that she watched. I'm not sure what it was, but what stuck with me was that there was a woman talking with her father who was literally on his deathbed. And here is what he said to her. And I'm sure I'm not getting this exactly right. So if you've seen this or know what I'm talking about, forgive me, but you'll get the gist of it. He said to her, we sure laughed a lot together, didn't we? And oh my gosh, like how great is that? That is exactly what I want to be able to say to my family at the end. Just that, wow, we had a great time and we laughed together a lot, didn't we? So that is my, that's my new goal, my new measure of success. So instead of asking, will my parenting be successful? Now I'm asking, are we having a great time together? Are we connected? Do we laugh a lot together? And none of that is at the expense of, Um, the life lessons that I feel like I need to be working with my kids on right now. But I'm looking ahead even to the stage that Kelly is at right now where my kids are older and and they're grown and we've reached that sweet spot that Kelly talked about where it's relaxed and those kinds of things. I just want to have that connectedness and relationship with my teens 
now and in the future, just my kids in general, where we can say at the end, wow, we had a really great time together. I just thought that that was um, just a really valuable little snippet of something that I wanted to share that I learned this week. Now, I just want to say thank you to all of you for joining me today. I just, I love how you love your teens. And while I know this episode has really been geared more towards the parenting side of connecting with teens, if you're a teacher, I hope you have picked up and gleaned a few things along the way today as well. Namely, that with teens, you might not know the impact you've had on a student until they're older. It might not be during their Oscar or Nobel Prize acceptance speech, but every so often, you'll hear from one of them, updating you on how their lives are unfolding and what's going on with them. And being that adult that they remember is powerful encouragement and affirmation, isn't it? So I would love to hear all about your versions of what it means to to be a quote unquote successful parent. What does it look like to do successful parenting? And be sure to tag me on Instagram. I'm at the ish girl reads, or you can post on my Facebook page, um, the ish girl. And I'll have links to both of those in my show notes, because I would really love to know your thoughts on what it means to be a successful parent, or is that even a thing, right? So as always, until next time, from an ish girl who is trying to decide what series to binge watch with my teens next, and hello, nothing scary people, because I can't handle it. My teens would be fine, but I can't. Just remember, it is all about connection, not perfection.